You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right, welcome back to The Handmade Podcast. This is episode number seven. That's right, number seven. We've made it this far. Thank you guys for sticking around. Uh, I'm here with Derek from Malden, Paul Pinto, and my name is Chris Zepp from Make Everything. We have had very busy weeks, and we're going to get right into it and talk about the stuff that we've been working on. Paul, what do you got? Well, um, I guess last episode, we started talking about me fabricating that house I was um, working on. And over the past week, we finished the fabrication, and we got the house up. Everything went pretty smooth, as smooth as it could really go for the most part on jobs like this. Um, And it ended up being great. We had a a big 70-ton crane there. Um, we rented a flatbed. We got everything all loaded up. We brought it to the property. Everything got put up in that same day. Um, no major problems. And then the install crew had to come back, um, I think, once or twice because when they came back the second time, it rained. So they had to come back again um, just to tighten up all the bolts, plumb up all the columns, square everything up, check the elevations. Um, so there's a lot of actually extra work that you have to do after the steel is already up and, and hung. Um, you have to go back and go over every column, every beam, make sure it's level, use some cables to plumb everything up. Um, so really getting the steel up was probably took less time than adjusting and fine-tuning everything. And then once everything's adjusted and fine-tuned, you go up and you put all the rest of the bolts in and then use the TC gun and snap the bolts and then once that's done, everything's rock solid. So wow. that's kind of nice. what happened. How many guys? The the, how many? How many installers worked on that? Um, it was the owner, and then he had four guys, and then I was helping, just kind of instructing everything and laying everything out, make sure, make sure, making sure. I can't even talk. I'm so tired. <laughs> making sure everything was, you know, done right according to plan. Um, and you know, it worked out good. And then the second day, I went and helped make sure everything was plumb and square and. Um, so I was there for like two or three days and then, uh, it all worked out good in the end. It was a little stressful though for a couple of days, tight deadline, couple problems, couple things went wrong. Um, <laughs> but actually one of the beams we even had to fabricate the day of because the steel company never dropped it off. We got everything pre-cut and they never dropped off the beam and we couldn't get it till the same day everything had to go up. So me and Fred drove the stuff down there, which is like an hour away from the shop, dropped it off. I hopped in his car, 
flew back to, actually I hopped in my car, flew back to the shop, fabricated a whole beam, painted it, primed it, got it all ready, um, put it on the roof of his truck and drove it back down there just in time for the crane to pick it up and put it where it needed to go. So it was not, you know, it was, it was a busy couple of uh, days I had there. Sounds like an action but movie. Nice. Yeah, it was. I it was pretty incredible what I did. Um, <laughs> Jesus, Sam's killing him. Does that does that still back. have to get inspected uh, by? Uh, yeah, I was that pretty pretty that was incredible what we who, did. We we built a, a tiny tiny little house. <laughs> who checks what? Like the building inspector? Does, does that have to be independently inspected? Like who? Oh yeah, that? yeah. The, the building inspector comes. Check Just regular building yeah. inspector comes out and he checks all the steel and everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I feel like most building inspectors don't uh, aren't as familiar with steel as they are with you know wood and stuff. But the building inspector comes check it, comes and checks it out. It wasn't um you know it wasn't a huge job. It was a pretty small job actually. But you know it, it worked out pretty good. I'm just joking around when I said it was pretty incredible. It was pretty uh pretty actually pretty, pretty, pretty minor job. We just got it done in a really you know rushed time span. But um, yeah, this this was kind of small, but it worked out good. Yeah, I know. I was asking about the inspections because I've been on jobs where the building inspector kind of looks at it and, and he realizes that he doesn't know enough about exactly that. Yeah. So then they then they'll actually require you to do uh, a special inspection, which you have to pay for. Uh, the homeowner has to pay for, it, and then you have to get like a whatever a certified inspector in that discipline to actually come out and sign yeah. off on it. When I worked in the city, we would always have to get special inspectors for anything that involved steel mm. or fireproofing. And, you know, we'd have to, you know, you have to find somebody that's willing to do it. Then you have to pay them to come out. You have to deal with their schedule and then they uh, sign off on it. And then you give that to the building department. But if you can avoid that, then you're, you're great. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think there's any, um, anything like that for a job this small, just for a house, but there's definitely stuff you know, for bigger jobs and especially like public jobs and stuff that you're doing where like you got to pay like union dues and there's welding inspectors and there's all sorts of certifications and someone's got to be on like fire watch as people are welding. Like there's all sorts of different mm-hmm. stuff on bigger jobs and especially public jobs. But for something like this, I'm pretty sure it's just a regular building inspector unless something comes up. But I bet, I mean, you obviously you did it for years working in the city is like a completely different ball game. That's uh, yeah. Even the job that I'm doing now in New Jersey, they put a uh, they put a hundred and twenty five thousand pound uh, HVAC unit on the roof, and they Jesus put it Christ. on top of a superstructure that they built on the site out of steel. They actually it was all galvanized. Um, it was uh, fourteen by six rectangular tubing. Well, that's pretty Think big. Think about that. How thick were the walls? Fourteen by six. The walls of the tubes. Uh, it was three eighths. Three eighths wall, fourteen by six rectangular wow. tubing, and they had to. They couldn't do any of the welding until the inspector was there. The inspector wanted to mm. be there the day because it was all full penetration weld. Yeah, and yeah. The inspector wanted to be there, and some of the welds had to get tested. Um, and it was a, it was a whole, it was a real big, big deal because you're talking about you know 125,000 pounds on the roof of a five story building. So if anything fails, you you don't get to like walk away from it, you know, like if that fails, it, it fails in a way that 
somebody dies. <laughs> so, um, but it's 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 really cool to to see all that kind of stuff go up. That's awesome that your job went well. Where where we were rooting for you. Yeah, yeah. I was worried because I, you know, it's kind of a little bit new to me doing stuff like this. But I went over every single shop drawing, like with a fine tooth comb. Every single measurement I took. I like triple checked it because I was so like petrified of getting anything wrong. Because if I like screwed something up and we're standing there on site and, you know, a beam is too short or too long or holes are in the wrong place, it's kind of a, a nightmare. But it you ended up being like okay. But I, I did. Um, if, if, oh, if, I know, right? Because it's my, it's oh my, my fault. God. Oh, yeah. You would have been up there with the die grinder at lunchtime yeah. hoping that nobody noticed making the holes into ovals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly but i did i did one of those things for um an hvac unit except it was about you know 50 times smaller than that probably <laughs> but it was it was uh same thing all galvanized and everything but um yeah yeah it, it was good it, it was it was hard with the deadline it would have been i mean normally i would have had twice as much time to do this stuff but we kind of got it all rushed but um the one thing i did get you know i should probably save this for the tools of the, mm-hmm. the tool of the week. I want to so save for the tool of the week. Yeah, Let's yeah. find out what Derek's been working on this week. I've been um, working on trying to relax a little bit. I was on vacation this week, so I kind of just um, laid low. And um, just more um, shop cleanup, reorganizing. You know, I, um, I I tell you, it's like having a new shop. I love it. I have so much room. One of my neighbors came down today, and he's like, wow, I can't believe this is the same shop. He's like, um, you know, it's, you know, he just couldn't believe all the room that was here. And an old friend of mine came by who had never been here before. And he's like, I can't believe what you're doing down here. (laughs) He's like, he says, (laughs) how'd that machine get in here? He's talking about the CNC. And um, I told him, I said, I had to cut it in half, get it in here. But, um, you know, just, um, just trying to finish up a couple projects and just basically taking it easy, enjoying the week off. So slow week here. No steel fabricating of uh, buildings here. Nothing exciting like that. Yeah, but getting your shop to a point where you can uh, move an eight four by eight sheet down there and do all that work is that's that's like more yeah. important than working on a job. Yeah, it was yeah. just last night just sitting down here. I was just like looking. It was just so nice i i get so much anxiety coming down here because it's just like i can't move sometimes and it just it's just aggravating you know but it's nice to have some room to finally you know move around and not knock shit over every time you turn around and stuff like that so enjoying it a little bit more you know nice yeah that's been sort of my well a mixture of things in the last week like i i got a new machine i got the I got a, a Tormach 24R uh, CNC machine, a CNC router. That got delivered last Monday, um, and then it it didn't actually it wasn't able to be moved until Wednesday. But I had to obviously make room for it, and you know get things organized um, in the shop. And when I I had a, a six foot by three foot table that my old CNC was on. And that's where the Tormach had to go. And just getting that out of there, you forget, like, it was a table with space underneath it. So, obviously, I was taking up all of the room 
above mm-hmm. and below. So when I got rid of that, all the stuff that was near it had to go somewhere and it was just all <laughs> over my wood shop and it made me like I wanted to just burn the place down. You know, then you bring the machine in, it's on this huge pallet. It was just a disastrous mess. But on top of that, we're also working on the ramp. So like I I moved this machine in on Wednesday. I made a huge mess getting everything out of the way and then uh, wasn't really able to work in the shop again until Saturday when we started working on the ramp. And I left, I had to leave the shop in its disastrous state, then work on the ramp all day Saturday. And then uh, on Sunday, I finally got an opportunity to clean up and like, you know, get the machine off the pallet and and deal with it. So, but we've been, uh, we've been working on that ramp project, which is coming out cool. We finally got to see it out in the open. We got to see it, uh, set up in a parking lot i got to ride down the landing which was a lot of fun so that that's that was a a fun part of this week getting a new machine and working on the ramp that ramp is cool that thing's so crazy i can't even believe it's like i can't believe these guys are gonna jump off that thing would you go down it paul on a bike um if i had all my safety gear on in a neck brace maybe (laughs) We'll hook you up to your your scissor lift on like yeah. a bungee in case you yeah. start to fall. We'll yank you yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, know? my they have these horseback riding things. They're like vests that you wear, oh, and if you fall off the horse, they inflate around your neck. So if I had one of those on, maybe I'd go off of it. But knowing me, yeah. I'd go off of it. I might clear it, and I know what I would hit. I would go down the the down ramp, and then, and then once I get to the bottom of like the the landing ramp. I would flip over the handlebars because I'm looking at that thing. And I noticed when you went down it, cause you're, you know, a professional, you popped up, you know, a little bit to make that angle. I would go in there and I'd sh- go straight over the handlebars. That's what I was yeah. thinking. I'm like, he was just so cool. I said that to him. I says, you were like, just so cool going down there. I would have been like, just a disaster. I would have like probably went one foot and just fell over on the side and slid down. It just like, I don't even know well, why. But you can't even tell. I mean, I, maybe you could tell in the video, but that was actually the 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 lip, the lip and the landing are seven feet wide. But we only brought a couple sheets of plywood just because we did. Yeah, it like, looked narrow right? in the truck. So I only put a four foot sheet down. So I was well, only sketchy. riding down like a oh, single sheet of plywood. Stuff. But it's a little steep, and it's been a long time since I've been on a bike, and especially like the kid's bike, like Anthony's bike the geometry of it, it's really short in the rear end. So it has like a, a real, like it wants to loop backwards. Huh. So like I was super nervous that, you know, like with the work boots on and the short back end, I was going to hit measure. the bottom of that and just wind up on my back. The tape measure is the best part. I love the, yeah, I love that. the tape measure, but yeah, no, it's, um, it's what, what honestly, it's say? A, what was that? Uh, Jeff, Jeff wrote, Jeff Fader wrote like always with the tape measure. And I oh. said, I need it for balance. <laughs> Um, but you know, it's like, I, uh, I, I had no idea what the geometry was really going to feel like. And then to get it out there, one of the big concerns we had was that the suspension is really soft in that truck. So when you have the whole ramp set up and you're Uh, on the roof, you can feel the van just moving back and forth. But when we set it up with those posts, the legs on the lip and the landing, it actually acted like outriggers. And the oh, ramp is so heavy, it completely stabilized the whole thing. And the, the, the van essentially doesn't move at all when the thing is set up, which was, you know, something that I don't know that I ever really 
anticipated that working in that way, but I'm just so happy that it did because otherwise we were going to do jack levelers on the van itself to stabilize the, the vehicle. Oh, I see. It looks like we're not going to need that. But one of the things that we realized is I have to make all... It has six legs. I have to make all six of the legs adjustable because it's just too hard to really estimate how the ground is going to be. Like, even in the parking lot that we went to, you know, like, it's nothing's level. You know, there's no, like, perfectly poured concrete pad that he's going to park on. Plus, if he has weight in the van, it totally throws off the whole pitch of the van. So, like, if he's got a bunch of bikes in the van and he leaves them in there, the whole ramp's going to lean one way or it's going to lean the other way. So we're going to have to put in, uh, we're going to use scaffolding jack levelers, and we're going to, you know, weld in the threads and do all that. But it everyone keeps asking me if it's done. And it is so far from done that it actually makes me, like, sick. Oh, really? Like, it, it looks kind of close to being done I, was I thought, like, you were done. Like, what, what more do you have to do, like, other than skin it? So, so like there's so many little variables in the way that it goes together we need to make like a bunch of mending plates to go over the different transitions we need to remake the legs like i would say it's like nine it's probably 80 percent welded it still needs like gussets in a bunch of spots like we just i looked at all the weak points and i i know how this thing's going to get abused so i know where it needs support but, like, there are gaps in between the seams where we need to put, like, strapping so that the plywood has somewhere to hit. Otherwise, it's going to you know, oh, buckle in that spot. So the the plan for that Saturday was to get it set up and see how it felt, and that's where we got. So when I get back from my vacation, we'll, we'll you know, we have a list of stuff that we have to do. And it should it should only be maybe, like, two, maybe three more days of work. But, you know, it's, you know, what kind of day it is. It's not like you're working eight hours. You're working no. from eight in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. And by the end of the day, you're, you're exhausted. But um, so far, like the kid is so psyched. He was like doing, he was like losing his mind when I sent him the video of me riding down the landing. Cause it's, you know, all he, all he knows is that I told him it was going to work. You know, he doesn't have, he doesn't really know that it was going to work. You know, I sent him a drawing. It looked great. And I told him it would be fine. So I think like for him <laughs> to see it wrong? happen. Well, like just for him yeah. to see it happen, I feel like was a big moment. And he wrote like, like, oh my God, it's really happening. Like, I don't know that he truly believed that I was going to be able to figure it out <laughs> until yeah. he saw it in the parking lot. But, so he hasn't gone yeah, down it uh, or anything cool. like that. He hasn't gone down. No, no. No, I was I was a little bummed. He had somewhere to go on Saturday, so he left me the van, and then me and Matt just went out by ourselves and set it up. Um, but he would have been like losing his mind if he would have gotten a chance to ride it. So the next weekend that we work on it, he's going to make sure that he's got plenty of time so that he can be there with us the whole time and uh, and actually get to like take it for a little bit of a test run. So mm. Matt yeah, should hit that thing cool. with one of his choppers. It's well, this kid is stainless steel really into. <laughs> this kid's really into buying uh, like little dirt bikes now, like little 50cc dirt bikes. And he's yeah. telling me like he's definitely going over it on the pit bike. I'm like, dude, oh my that God. Thing is, it's seven and a half feet when you're at the top. Even if you fall off the side, you're getting yeah. hurt. Like, well, you're, you're getting think really about where hurt. your head is. Your head's four feet, five feet higher than that. Yeah. You know, so, and then yeah. once you're in the air, you could be, you know, it's 17 feet in the air 
where your head is, oh, you know, when you're jumping off that thing. Yeah, you know, when you're jumping it, you're going at least five feet up, and you're like, you know, call it five feet above that. So you're 17, yeah, 17, 18 feet at the crest of that jump. You're you're high off the ground. So God, you know, there's crazy. there's a, a huge risk factor to it, and uh, he's only got a couple of friends that really like ride that kind of stuff. So I think that its usage is going to be pretty limited. But he rides that stuff all the time, and he's really good at it. So it's going to be really cool to watch it actually get used and. Um, you know, I don't know that I ever want to build one of these again because it was just like so much work. But at least I've got kind of the blueprints on how to do it next time. <laughs> so you should offer a kit. You should offer a yeah. van jump yeah. kit. Plant, plants sell. online. You could sell them. Yeah. yeah every, everybody else makes like plans for like an Adirondack chair, a, yeah. a planter. I'm just going to put like absolutely outlandish plans that no one's ever going to buy. I was going to say, you like should put them out there. Yeah, put them out there. Imagine some asshole buys them. Like... <laughs> hey honey this this ramp plans on here yeah the van. that's what i always wanted yeah come on sweetie we could either spend our time building matt cremona's bandsaw mill or we could build the make everything de- ramp of death yeah i think we should do the ramp of death i bet honestly there's definitely more people that would buy one though because aren't there like guys with what are those bikes those those motorcycles called they're like trial bikes yeah, try like, I've seen yeah. people t- like go go to schools and do demonstrations with little motorcycles, like those trials bikes or even BMX bikes, That's and they the set tri- up like they set up like ramps in a parking lot, and like the whole school comes around and like watches them. They could just pull up their you know a couple of vans, and everything's right on top of the van. Isn't that yeah, the trials? They do the um the parades. They they ride the little bikes and the little scooters. You ever seen oh, that? I don't know. <laughs> All the old guys, yeah, they, that's what they do. They do all the little tricks with them and stuff. What's the one where they go around the 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 wheel like it's a big wheel like, of death? The wheel of death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wheel of death. Yeah. Did you this see? This is the ramp. This is the van of death. For did sure. you see the Indian um, wall of death where they take like little those? You know, what are those three wheeled like cars? They'll take yeah. the cars in there, and there's like a guy standing on the side of the car, but since the car's going you know sideways, he's standing up. Vert- it's I don't know. Yeah, Do you ever like see one of those? Like a, I saw one. That's I crazy. I saw one with the ball where it's a sphere, and they're inside yeah. the sphere with motorcycles, yeah. and it's yeah. like four guys on motorcycles, and then one girl standing in the middle. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. No thanks. So crazy. I'm all set. Let's go to that. college, kids. Don't yeah. be the guy inside the wall of death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I no. This uh, this uh, this thing's gonna definitely get. You know, it's gonna, it's definitely gonna get some action. He, he's, it's funny because, like, I, I don't know when he told his, the kid's 23 years old. I don't know when he told his mom about it, but whenever he did, oh, she was like, Yeah, I'm taking you off the car insurance. So, you know, like, <laughs> as soon as this thing is done, I'm taking, kicking you off the insurance, figure it out. So his plan is essentially as soon as we're done, um, he's packing up like five or six friends and they're going to drive across the country with this thing on the roof and an uninsured car, just set it up and, and ride it. And I mean, this, this van's a little rough. It's got a hundred thousand miles on it. It's, uh, it pulls to the left really bad. <laughs> so, uh, my maybe the ramp will straighten it out. Did you say it was right? from like a Russian airline or something? It was from a Russian uh, uh, airplane <laughs> taxi company. That's right, trafficking. When they bought it and they Drug painted spray paint. They spray oh painted God. it black. It's hysterical. Story, story but gets better. My biggest concern, and I was I was telling Derek this the other day, is that this kid's going to make it to like, like you know, 
Kansas and the van's yeah. just going to blow up and yeah. he's not going to care. But then this freaking thousand pound ramp is going to be need to go somewhere. So he's going to like if he lost the van, he would just like he could fly home. Right. Or whatever. But if he if the van motor blows in like Arkansas, he's going to have to either decide to fix the van, which isn't worth the money to fix or pay somebody to dismember the ramp and then pay somebody to ship it back to New York on a trailer so that he can add for that. Van. Like looking for like handyman to remove yeah. bicycle ramp off the corner line 350. <laughs> I mean, that's not too different from when Andrew Alexander like goes into a random town in Oklahoma and asks people to take the roof off of a house so that he can pull a power yeah, hammer out of the I back. <laughs> so crazy. But I mean, yeah, you know what? This kid is not worried about it at all. So I, it took me a little while, but now I'm just saying, you know what? We're just going with the flow, whatever. However, it turns out, it turns out. I think it's, I think it's coming out great. <laughs> You're in too deep <laughs> at this point. I'm in too deep. Yeah, I'm, yeah. In, I'm already into this thing. I'm into this thing for like, I don't even know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm way over my material budget that I set for myself. But I don't even care because it's just one of those things where it's like. It's I'm not going to skimp on material so that I can then think about how, like, I, you know, oh, I wanted to use quarter inch plate instead of half inch because it was cheaper. Like, no way. I'm right. just, everything's going to be overdone, overbuilt because these kids are going to get hurt enough on their own, let alone between something <laughs> failing. Yeah. You yeah, better you know, get at least a million views on this video or else. I mean, it has to. He's absolutely going to get a million views. Oh, on yeah, this yeah, video. yeah. He's got a big channel, right? Well, you do he's too turning, at this point. Yeah, he's got like 600,000 subs, but you know, oh, like, really? it, it's, yeah, he's, he's been really cool about it. And like, you know, other, other like YouTubers would look at this as like, he's paying me to do it. So he doesn't have to do any more for me, but yeah. he's like already telling me, like, he wants me to put my logo on the ramp. Oh, that's he's like, cool. I want people to know that you built this, which I just like, it's, I think it's, you know, very generous of him because he That's really cool. could say, like, dude, you're doing a job and yeah, I'm not going to give I, you free yeah, advertising I, yeah. on my channel. Like, that costs that costs money too, you know? Um, so uh, he's turning the build video into like three or four videos for his channel. Oh, and then cool. mine's just going to be, mine will probably be one, mine will probably be like a part about the engineering of it and like, getting the job and then another one maybe showing the build because it's been really hard to to film the build because it's just so much work and like you guys know i mean you're trying to do all this work and you're trying to film it and like you know you're outside for three hours figuring out angles and then the camera dies and i'm just like you know what i don't just don't even want to go back inside and get another battery and another memory card like, yeah just, you gotta get yeah. lewis 10 bucks an hour to film you yeah. Because it's uh, it's really impossible without someone filming the stuff. It's so hard. It's not impossible, but it's so hard without you know someone holding the camera because it just adds you know makes the project yeah. three just times as long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you got to go pick up I've, a tripod. I've learned and move watching it. this kid, this kid that uh, uh, that is do is is building. I'm building a ramp for. He has a filmer, so yeah. like, I'm watching the way that they do it, and I'm like, oh my god, this is like such a better way to go you know like he just he just you know he gets everything you yeah know? and then like 
we joke because the kid Anthony, we call him the CEO because he like always shows up in like his sweatpants and his slippers. And I'm like, oh, please don't, you know, don't get dirty, don't touch anything. But uh, you know, it's it just makes his life so much easier. And you know, he's a full time content guy, so it, it, it's just like cost of doing business for him. But it's really made me envious, and like I wish I had someone that was reliable to film. But unfortunately, that doesn't exist. Sorry, Lewis. Uh, I've watched him try to operate a camera. I can't do it. I had a film guy my first video. I fired him though. Graz. Yeah. Fired uh, I thought you were <laughs> going to say it was Jimmy Duresta. No, but ask him what it'll cost Derek from Alden to get Derek from Alden logo on the other ramp. Oh my god! <laughs> you know, I could. Uh, he actually, he actually should do that. He should try to get some advertising on there. Listen, he, I told him already. We were, we were gonna. Uh, I told him like, you know, yeah, he's yeah, trying to yeah, cut man. a couple of deals. Yeah. He's trying to cut a couple of deals with like the standard kind of YouTube sponsors for the video uh-huh. series. Yeah. Cuz he knows it's going to be like it's going to do really well on his channel. And I was mm-hmm. like, dude, just just give one of them like ad space on the ramp. Absolutely. You know, like yeah. tell him it's $20,000 and throw a big square space ad on the side. Yeah, you monster, know, and then monster energy. Uh, yeah. Red Bull and then Derek from Malden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are you the know? bike what are the big bike companies? There aren't, like, any. Oh, there, there aren't any. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's true. That, that, that's it's not like insane. Trek makes BMX bikes. Right. Giant. Giant, GT. yeah. But anyway, what? Uh, let's talk about our new tool of the week. Paul, what'd you get this week? Um, well, I got one of those um, Greco or Graco. How do you say it? The paint sprayers? What's that called? Oh, yeah, the sprayers. Yep. <laughs> but Graco. I got Graco, but I got a good one from like a paint like place not the home depot ones and this thing is amazing like it works so well it's such a nice smooth consistent coat of paint i only used it for shop primer on that steel job but it's like it's so nice to use it's it like the, the volume of paint you could spray is is incredible and also the the quality of the finish is really really nice um and it just makes life so much easier because you take the um the hose Stick it right in a five-gallon bucket of primer. It sucks it right up in the tube. Um, the the gun, the spray gun is nice. Everything about it's just super nice. The only, you know, problem is you have to, you have to have a lot of paint because a, a a lot of paint actually gets sucked up in the line. So yeah. if you had like a quart of paint, it probably wouldn't even make it out of the. It doesn't end of even the make gun. it to the that's, gun. Yeah, so, that's what sucks. That's the problem. So I probably have to get a shorter line for if I'm doing like you know a small little railing. And I want to, and I want to waste half the paint in the line. But you can get it out because you just take it and put it in a bucket of mineral spirits, run the paint out of the line until you hit yeah. the mineral spirits, and then just stop. Um, but yeah, the only thing is just cleaning out the line. Um, but honestly, it's it's still quicker than you know. It it would it would have been impossible to not have this thing and do all that steel because the cheap husky sprayer I had from Home Depot that has a little cup at the bottom just yeah. I, I would have had to pour 10 gallons because that's how much we went through 10 gallons of primer into that little cup which would have been like 100 cups so it just wouldn't have happened yeah. but um and now is that an oil-based paint you were spraying or yeah water-based? The, the primer is oil thing will do it oh yeah It'll spray oil yeah um, yeah it does both and you i guess you use mineral spirits um to clean out the oil-based stuff and then i guess mm-hmm. we'll just water for the latex right is that what you use yeah yeah, yeah. Did you have to? Uh, did you have to clean? Uh, do, I'm sorry. Did you have to thin the paint before you sprayed it? Or it no, no, it goes straight out of the gun. Wow. I guess there's a bunch of different tip sizes. Um, mm. 
we told the guy what we were spraying out of it and he gave us the right tip. So I probably got to get some different tips for different types of paint and different finishes and stuff. But I guess really it all depends on the size of the tip. And you could do anything from, you know, spraying a ton of volume on a huge house or on steel beams like this, or you could do pretty fine finishes um, mm-hmm. on stuff. So it's a, you know, it turned out to be a great tool and I haven't had a problem with it yet. I mean, I only used it for a little while, but it just completely blows away using a little air compressor and a cheap $50 gun from Home Depot. So yeah, that's my, uh, my new tool of the week. If you're doing um, latex, don't use water. They make that stuff. It's like flow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, flow and troll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've used that before. And, uh, That's what Fred was telling nice, me. Yeah, a nice finish, you know. Yeah, because yeah. water, are you saying to, to thin it? Or yeah, like if you want to, th- yeah, to thin it. Yeah, to thin, thin it, it yeah. you definitely have to use that, right? But yeah, can, you, can yeah. you clean it with water? Is water okay to clean it? Yeah, I, that's oh, what okay. I use on mine. Yeah, I just clean mine with water. Yeah, what do you have? One of the HP? Yeah, 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 ones? It's, yeah. It's like medium sized one, but I just run water through it and it's fine. Then I'll just unscrew the tip and they get a little brush. Brush. It takes two minutes to clean it. You know. Yeah, I don't think for the stuff you're doing this thing makes any sense you yeah yeah if i had a bunch of like the same things to spray i'd spray i was thinking of that today i'd like to make a small spray booth i have to do something just because like days like today it's just raining out so i can't spray anything and it's just it's such a pain in the neck spraying stuff outside you know then it's windy out and yeah gabe is parked in the driveway and just it's always something so i, I gotta do something with that you know that's don't the same. you have one of those like spray shelter things or that- yeah yeah i have one of those and i use that but it's um just something like for the fumes to get it like out of there you know what i mean that that's that's the main yeah. thing but yeah i made a really nice little spray yeah booth. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Like, if I can get some things moved around and I can just get some room near a window and then do something like that, that wouldn't be bad, you know, because I don't need a big area to, you know, to spray a car or anything. It just needs to be, you know, two feet by two feet by two feet, basically, you know, fit a piece in, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That's the same problem. For your purposes, Derek, like with the signs and stuff, it almost seems like spray paint cans are just more efficient because yeah, you use like you know yeah. you're just going to spray like you know a, a section of a sign say it's the yeah. words yeah go through and mix and thin oh, and yeah. spray and clean yeah that's what and i'm saying unless colors. i had a bunch of signs i was doing the same color or something you know i tell you yeah. i was using this stuff this week it was uh i posted it online it's um it's marsh m-a-r-s-h it's it looks like black spray paint but it's it says stencil ink, and it literally huh. dries, like, instantly. It's flat black. They have, like, black, white, red, blue, yellow, and, like, green, I think. But um, it's unbelievable. A beautiful finish on it. And, it, like, there's got to be a downside. It wasn't expensive or anything, and it went on really nice. But uh, I might use some more of that in the future. But it was um, – And it's a spray? Yeah. Yeah, spray can was like five bucks a can. I'd seen it on uh, Tools Today. He had um, mentioned it, and he said he uses it when he needs something to dry real quick. So I had seen it on Amazon, and um, I bought a couple cans of it, and it was unbelievable. By the time I walked in my house, it was totally dry. Like, touch it, doesn't smudge, nothing. No fingerprints, nothing. So, And it was nice and, um, you know, clean, 
but I don't know how long it's going to last, if it can be top coated or anything. So, but it was pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. I've never, uh, I never heard of this before. Yeah. It's wonder, uh, yeah. It's, it's interesting too, because it's on, I, I popped up on Granger and it, it yeah, seems Granger like it's just for the, the, yeah, it's for like packaging and shipping. It's in their uh, shipping stencil <laughs> and ink department. So I guess yeah. if you're putting like fragile on a box. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's weird. Interesting. Yeah, that's where I'd seen it there because I looked like for local places to buy it, and Granger was the first place that came up. Huh. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like the the rabbit hole that is the paint that you need to use. You know, we were talking. Wow, it looks beautiful. Yeah, you're gonna have to send me a photo for the Instagram. Follow us at Handmade Podcast on Instagram so that you can see what the Marsh Ink looks like on this sign that Derek's making. But uh, you and I have, and Jimmy's Jimmy's complained about it. Everyone's complained about it. But uh, that Montana, you know, which is probably the highest quality spray paint that you can buy, only comes in spray paint. And mm-hmm. then, like, you know, uh, uh, Laura Kampf did a thing where she actually, like, drained the aerosol air out of a can and then broke the can so that she could get the paint in a cup and then roller yeah. it onto a thing. Yeah. And it actually, like, worked pretty good. I mean, it's a that's a huge pain in the ass. But yeah. it seems is to work pretty well. Is the paint that good? Or is there a comparable, yeah. probably professional grade, just paint in a can that you could get? No, I don't or know. Or is the Montana it's, paint, like, really something special? Like They have, like, unbelievable colors. Really? Like, yeah. yeah, the colors are, you know, they. It, you go to the art store and they'll have, you know, 300 cans. And it's only, oh, wow. like, a t- it's only like a tenth of the colors. You know, like, they, wow. they have, like, you know, 50 colors of blue, you know. And it's just really, it's nice paint. Yeah. I mean, it dries like like dust like for dust uh, like in two minutes so it's nice when you use it but i've actually ha- used it recently and had some problems with it i wasn't too happy oh because it's always been real good stuff but last two times i used it i wasn't happy but like if i need something that's like an odd color they have a lot of really nice colors and stuff so. isn't it expensive yeah, they make like ten bucks it's a little can, expensive, but it's like if you you know making for, something for what you're doing, can, it's worth it. yeah, yeah. You use a can, one or two cans on something, so it's yeah, like yeah. either twelve bucks or twenty bucks, you know. So and you know it's going to be good coming out of the yeah, yeah. nozzle. It's not yeah. going to be a mess. Yeah. So yeah, Montana makes their paint in two hundred and fourteen regular colors. Wow. And then they've got fluorescent, transparent, chrome, yeah. and metallics also. Yeah, and that's yeah. just like a fraction of. I mean, two hundred and ten colors is like how many colors you can get like regular paint. But yeah, I I uh, I kind of I look at I look to Jimmy and his kind of experience in like the prop making and and sign making. Like he talks about how there is nothing that he's ever used that's as good as Montana. And I feel like wow. with his background and you know the amount of stuff he's used, if he hasn't found anything better, yeah, there just isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. That's kind of so, like the shop primer that I use. It dries like almost instantly. Mm-hmm. By the time you're almost at the other end of the beam, it's pretty much dry and it dries on the floor like dust and you just sweep mm-hmm. it up. Like it doesn't stick to the concrete floor. It's kind of yeah. weird. It's an interesting paint. I figured it, since it was an oil-based paint, it would take a really long time to dry, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Is there's an oil-based Who paint? I don't know anything about paint. Oh, I think it's um. Shoot, it says it right on the can. I forget the company. Is it Rustolium? No, I don't think it's Rustolium. I don't know. I gotta look at the can. Probably it's a big PPG. 
it's a big gray five gallon um, bucket with one of those metal lids on it. Um, I'll figure it out. I'll send you a picture. But it's good mm-hmm. for metal. It's what you're supposed to use for structural stuff. There's different colors there too, like red and gray. But was it specified uh, gray? Like, did they specify a color? I, they I, mean, I don't think they specified a color. Um, sometimes they do specify a color, but mm-hmm. this time they didn't. They just said shop primed. Um, so the gray makes less of a mess. I know Matt's boss's shop, they use red, and like half the shop is red. And he told the whole me. The shop is red. And he told me it <laughs> makes sense why, he used, why they use red because he said you could get, there's like a Rust-Oleum can of red spray paint that matches up with it pretty good. And if it gets like scratch, you just hit it with the spray paint. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if you don't have a paint booth and you're spraying it in your shop, the whole place is red. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why like, whenever we do steel jobs, I always uh, I always offer – I never offer painted anything, but I always offer shop prime. Then if it's going in, like, uh, any sort of corrosive environment, I just use the rusty metal primer, which is the red. Yeah. The same thing that, you know, you would use in a, in a steel shop. But I use the, the, the clean metal primer, the white, a lot. Oh, okay. Um, and that's nice because you can roll it, you can spray it, and then it touches up really nice. And it just, like, most people, like, if they're painting something, it's way better to paint over white primer, obviously, than it is to paint over all like red. red. But Yeah. <laughs> that's what I used to use to prime all the signs, the bare metal primer, the white. And um, I, I stopped using it because sometimes it takes a while to dry, but it's yeah. nice when it is dry. It reminds me of like um, blue board with plaster. It just mm-hmm. sands like to glass smooth. Like it really makes yeah. a nice, nice base to to put paint on. And the paint just really wants to stick to it. Nice. Yeah. So you said you used to use it, but yeah. Now, now I'm that. using um, I'm using the filler primer because it it kind of fills voids and it dries real fast. Like if mm-hmm. if you had to, you could paint over it in a half hour. Like it, if it will be dry, it dries like almost instantly, you know. But mm-hmm. doesn't do as nice a job, but it's you know I, I think it's pretty close and it's it just it dries so fast. That's the good part, you know. Yeah, but it's the, all the, about the, that speed. Yeah, yeah. The whites is definitely nicer though. It's it's much. Yeah. Nicer. But. Yeah, I guess I guess my new tool of the week is the is the new CNC, which so far I haven't done anything with, but. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited. I've been so inspired by all the stuff that you've been doing, Derek, and like, um, you know, my we both had the old CNC that we mm. both had that yeah. neither of us really enjoyed, um, yeah. and it just it never felt like a tool in my shop. It felt like something that I had to mess around with for an hour before I could even start using it. You know, it's like I don't want to deal with that. I don't have time to deal with yeah. that kind of stuff. And watching you transition into the Avid with you know, using Vectric and, and you know, uh, that thing you've been doing recently. If anybody follows Derek on Instagram, he's been experimenting with rounding over the edge of a part, like, uh, on the machine, right? So you've been uh-huh. using a round over bit yeah. after you're using a cutting bit? Yes. Did you well, ever get that figured I... out? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, well, it's funny. So I've been doing it and I've had no problems. So today the machine's acting crazy. I was out of my of mind. I'm like, I can't believe this. I'm like, what is going on? And I forgot. So when you make something in Vetric and you export it or save it, you tell it what machine you're going to use it on. So oh, wow. I engraved a plaque today 
and I use the Stepcraft. And so that uses UCC and C instead of Mach 3. So I saved it at that and, um, you know, did the plot, the little engraving. So then I went to make a sign and I, you know, zero it all out and it hits start and it drives the bit right into the material. And I'm like, what is going on here? This is crazy. I said, I thought I set my, you know, coordinates, do it again. Boom, does it again. I says, this is nuts. I look at it. I didn't change it back to Mach 3. So it thinks it's using a different machine, which, you know, all different sizes, everything. So it was my mistake. And once I changed it back, it was fine. But I was like, oh, God, I can't go through this again. (laughs) But it was. (laughs) I can't even imagine what that felt like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flashbacks, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, like, this will be my first experience using Vectric because with the old machine, it had that um, web base, had a web-based uh, driving software that made it, like, really easy, but you also didn't learn anything. Like, you literally just, like, stuck a drawing in it. And, yeah. and it was, what was so stupid about it was it had a catalog of bits, and they were only the bits that the website sold, but it was only, like, a quarter of the bits that the website sold. So if you had anything other than like five bits that were listed, you had to just figure it out and it never worked right. But this new one, um, you know, with running Vectric and running like actual real software, um, I think it's actually I think it's really going to become a part of the workflow where I'm looking at, you know, kind of the way that like Izzy or Jimmy use their CNC's where anytime they're building something, they're just thinking about how they can, you know, batch it on the CNC draw it once and make it as many times as they want. Um, So I'm thinking about doing, I'm thinking about designing some like kind of modular and flat packable stuff for the sprinter for kind of making, you know, like shelving or or, uh, cabinets for tools that I can design, cut on the CNC and then either sell the files on my website, sell the plans or sell templates made out of like a press board that people can then use a trim yeah. router and go around the edges, um, which is something that like a lot of people have been doing lately where, you know, they, they just sell you the templates for the Adirondack chair. You rough cut it with a, a, a jigsaw and then you router it out. Yeah. You know, I think that's a, I think that's a really good sales model to use your CNC to make money over and over again. Yeah, they send you bits and everything with that yet, or do you have to pick stuff out, or they send you like a starter kit and stuff and call it? They sent me a starter kit um, and a mana starter kit uh, with like kind of the standard stuff, you know, like the the straight cutting bits, like some ball nose bits. They sent me a a drag knife too, because they they, uh, do, you know, you can cut vinyl on it. Yeah, that's Similar to like, you know, your machine. It's kind of cool because you could do, you know, on Derek, on your machine, you could do a four by eight vinyl sign. Yeah, you know, sticker sign. So when Paul gets his new flatbed, you can exactly. do the lettering for oh, the side. Um, but it's crazy because if you were to buy a four by eight vinyl cutter, that's like a five thousand dollar machine. Oh yeah. Wow. So if you think yeah. about that in the context of how much you spent on your machine, yeah, you essentially got both. Yeah. Um, it's so capable. One. Yeah, it's yeah, a it's, it's amazing what they do. You know, like Stepcraft, they sell. This bit, I, you guys will probably know what it is because you're a lot smarter than me, but it's one of those things. It's like a ball on the end of like a finger to like, um, like when you uh, build something to check like tolerances or something. Mm-hmm. They yeah. make one of those for that. 
and it's like it's got like a thing. It looks like a big calculator. It's like a controller, and you can literally design a pot, put it on the CNC, and then make sure it's all calibrated properly. It'll check all yeah. your coordinates. It's just it's amazing, like how they work. You know, it, it like we were talking about one time, Chris. It's like so simple. You know, it's just a, a point in space. It's telling the machine to go to you know go here, go here, go here. But it does it so friggin' fast, and it's, yeah. it's so precise. It's just mm-hmm. is what kills me. Yeah, and how how these things are so precise. It, it's so crazy. Like sometimes I'll cut, and it won't cut all the way through, and I'll be like, uh, it'll take like four passes or whatever. So I'll program it to do one and just do that last little bit, and it just goes exactly like so fast. Too too like I've been real conservative with it. I was talking to somebody and. Um, Actually, Jeff Shaw and he was saying, he's like, oh, man, you're going way too slow. You should be able, you know, 200 <laughs> inches a minute. And I was like, really? And I'm, I'm doing like 50, you know, and it flies through it and it just keeps it right on track. It's just it's amazing. And I'm not even using, you know, a, a tenth of it. I was um, on the phone and uh, FaceTime with uh, Brody Young. And I tell you, he's like man that kid's smart i mean just kids in general they like get something they absorb it and they run with it Mm -hmm. and he's making like um knife scales and stuff with his he's like 3d cutting them um putting um you know like uh what is it the the texture on it uh the the grip like the crosshead like you know yeah just beautiful all his screw holes and you know wow. he sent me the files on it like his files are like so beautifully done broken down into different components and stuff and i think he's like 15 it's like jesus yeah. christ man like this kid's like killing it you know but he he's really you know he um we went on that thing what's it like team viewer where they go on your screen and mm-hmm. he's helping me with some stuff and i'm watching it. he's like so fast right through it and i was like holy shit like, whoa, 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 slow yeah 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 i got a couple of years on you kid let my eyes focus you know <laughs> but uh no it's just he's a good kid but he's just just so smart with it just and he same thing same machine we had you know and uh you know he stepped it up and uh i tell you he he's just doing really good on it just really really cool to see you know so that's it's cool not, yeah well yeah. i hope you learn a lot from him because once i get so mine I set up you. i'm calling you yeah. and you're gonna have yeah, to yeah, run yeah. Me through it yeah yeah like i said once you get the basics i'm, I'm looking at this really do, yeah it seems so difficult and it is it's not simple but there's like a couple basic things that once you get that, you can kind of do what you need to do. I've been doing like some texturing things today and, you know, it's hard at first, but then once you kind of figure out what it's doing, you know, it just comes to you, you know? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm hoping. And like I said, I want it to be a tool in my shop. Like I want it to be like the bandsaw where I can just be like, mm-hmm. all right, you know, like the other thing too is if I was in my shop all the time, it wouldn't be as efficient than just cutting the stuff out. But since I'm also at a desk, you know, like four days out of the week, there's a lot of time for me sitting on the computer where I can just, you know, throw a drawing together on the computer. And then when I get to my shop at five o'clock or whatever it is, it's just done, you know, and I just, I throw it on the CNC and and I'm good to go. So I think, uh, I think that it's going to be, I think it's going to be a a good expansion. And I almost feel like I, the old machine, and I know you feel the same way, the old machine that we had, turned me off to cnc yeah because i just didn't have the time to deal with it and i almost was like i don't need this and then you talk to somebody like jimmy and he's like dude 
you know how much money I've made with my CNC? Like, he makes everything on his. He's like, oh, I need saw horses. Boom, he makes like yeah. 40 saw horses. He's like, yeah. you know, I need wheels for this, you know, this, this, those things that he made, the woody trailers. Yeah. He's just batching them out with the jigsaw puzzle yeah, pieces. Yeah, it's amazing. So, That's cool. Yeah, but Paul, when you were in school, you guys designed, you designed like that chair that was all cut by CNC, right? Yeah, that yeah. That was CNC. I actually didn't even have it cut in school. I designed it in school um, mm-hmm. and then for a class and I cut it all out completely by hand with a bandsaw. And then on my own, I just said, huh, let me try and sell this thing. And I had a bunch of them CNC cut at a local place near me. I, I, I just, it was weird. Like I didn't have a great way of selling them. I even tried putting them on Amazon, but it didn't really work yeah. out. So I had a bunch of like half made chairs put together. Um, but it was pretty incredible how, you know, amazing these CNCs work and how precise they are and, you know, mm. what you can do with them. It's, it's really cool. It's definitely the, you know, the way of the future. Yeah. You just can't compete. Like there's not like how else would you yeah. cut something exactly the same over and over and over again, especially a shape that's like an obscure shape with like curves in it. I guess you could make a, a, a template with a router. I guess that's really the only way, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. What else are you going to do? You have to make a template. That's- and then how do you get yeah. the template perfect? Like the template's yeah. only as yeah. you could make it. It's pretty yeah. cool. Well, that's why there used to be guys that were just pattern makers. That yeah. Exactly. Their job. But now, there really also just- is something cool about that though. Yeah. You know, you're painstakingly making the yeah. model and it's perfect. You know, but it's all about operator error, right? You know, like the guys running the CNC bit, and not running the CNC, excuse me, the guys running the router bit, and the router bit's getting dull. So now there's like, you know, chatter on the side of it or whatever it yeah. is. Like the CNC, you're not really thinking about that. Um, and, uh, you know, once you kind of get it all figured out, you know, like the way, like Derek, the way you're, you know, you're kind of training yourself by doing all these different projects, you know, a year from now, you're like not even going to be thinking about it. You're going to be just throwing the file on, turning it on and turning your back to it, letting it run. And you're going to know, um, you're going to know that it's just going to come out right. So, well, it's funny you said that. So you mentioned chatter. I've been having a lot of problems with chatter. So I've been using a lot of down cut bits and it's just packing the joints with like dust and like you have to really work to get them out it's like i haven't been putting tabs in them because i'm like oh they're just in there solid so brody's like oh it looks like you know your pieces are moving on your last cut you know so i was like oh i didn't really think of that so i put tabs and i'm still having issues but then it's like you know somebody else is like oh it doesn't look like your speeds are right you know so you know if you're not going fast enough you're not you know making a chip you like you know it's just like wearing it away then I'm talking to somebody else today. They're telling me, how long of a cutter is it? You know, you're only cutting three-quarter inch material. Why do you have an inch and a long, half a long cutter? I'm like, I never really thought of that. You know, like you look at all these bits and you're like, oh, this one's a half inch. This one's at one inch. This one's two inches. Uh, I'll just get the one inch yeah, one. You know, out. you don't think yeah. like, you know, yeah. yeah, the stick out. Like when you machine metal, and that's what a guy had said to me today. He goes, if you machine metal first – because you get a such a big understanding for it with wood, it'll just wear off and cut eventually. But with metal, it doesn't. So yeah. you really need to know what you're doing. And that's what I really need to start working on. I, I get a little notebook. I'm going to start writing everything down because it's just so many different variables to change things. And like this today, 
um, one of the kids, uh, the kid Mike from uh, Veteran Woodco, he's like, you know, try an eighth inch bit, ba ba ba, and I did that, and like the finish on this came out beautiful. Like I almost don't even need to sand it. So it's obvious I'm no, doing it's an something eight, eight wrong. inch cutting bit around the around yeah, the yeah 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 yeah. But it was short and it was a compression bit, so it, it cut different. But um, yeah, it just cut it so much nicer. So I'm gonna stop paying more attention to that. It's like you know, baby steps. You know, it's just like one little thing at a time. You know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's um, that's like the, the 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 other you know the big thing is the complexity and the bits and all the different things and all the different yeah. speeds and feeds and but again it's just like anything it's just like if you you know the first time you used a bandsaw you just like bought a blade yeah you, know, you didn't really pay attention to the type of blade and then you know after a year of using the bandsaw you walk up to it you look at it and you're like oh this isn't going to work for my application yeah. or it is exactly so it's you know it's the it's the same thing it's just you know it's the same as um it it translates into every kind of thing that we do but yeah uh anyway let's talk about what we have coming up next when do you think you'll have that up running like anytime soon uh, like how much to get it running is there much to it or so the thing about that machine is that it comes fully assembled but there is a lot of kind of setup to do so it's got a water-cooled spindle so i've got to get the water cooler uh, set up and it also has that um onboard vacuum hold down table so i've got to get that yeah. set up manual is literally in yeah, a oh, yeah. binder sure. yeah. which makes me like want to throw up because there's yeah. so many like words and pictures <laughs> yeah. in it throw, throw but that. they've got a really good yeah they've got a really good setup video on uh on their web on youtube so i'm going to yeah. go through that i have a f- I, I think if i gave myself a day because I don't want to rush through it. You know, I got to give myself a day and I have to have a project to do mm-hmm. it on, you know, to yeah. do on it. So I think I'm going to, you know, start by just making like a couple little logos and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think um, I think I'll probably get to it before the end of this month because I'm going away and then I'm working on the ramp. But if I can just sit in there for a day and get it set up, I'll have it running. What's nice about cool. the machine is as big as it is, it actually runs off of a single 110 outlet. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, wow. the only thing that's 50 amps? On it are the dust <laughs> that's collector. crazy. No, it's, I mean, all it is is a two horsepower spindle. It's like a router. Oh, that's you true. Know, you could run a two horsepower motor off yeah. of 110, yeah. right? Wow. So, that's crazy. So, um, yeah. So it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, uh, it's, you know, aside from the fact that it's a big, you know, self contained machine, unlike Derek's that can be taken yeah. apart, it's, it's actually pretty user friendly. I don't need to like do anything crazy. The other wow. thing is, uh, the vacuum table is 220, but I've got yeah. uh, an outlet right there, so I don't need to do much in terms of setup to get it up and running. Yeah. But you know, yeah. there's just there's stuff that comes along with any brand new machine. You have to kind of figure out and, and yeah. test the water on. Cool. But yeah. Cool. So what do you guys got going on next, Paul? What's next week look like for you? What are you doing? Well, I don't, I don't know. I'm trying to even think. Um, I have railings to work on, a bunch of galvanized railings. Um, I'm supposed to be getting some new welders coming in soon. Um, hopefully that'll be able to pick up soon. And then I have a staircase to work on. And then after all that's done, I have a big stainless railing job, um, for a house that I've already done some work at. And so, um, that's going to be pretty cool. I don't think that's next week, but maybe a week or two, um, from now. So that should be pretty cool. Um, they're a crazy design, all cable railings. They're like square frames that are, like individual square frames with holes in them so the cables could pass through and they connect to all these um, 
stainless steel stanchions. Some of them I already made, but I need to make a lot more. So that's going to be a huge job. Stainless is, you know, pretty labor intensive, but it's going to be a really good job to have. Um, and it's also say that same staircase that I've been working on. We got to make some adjustments to the design, and that's going um, at the same house too. So nice. That's pretty so much. When it. you say you're doing, when you say you're doing a galvanized railing, are you uh, making it and then sending it out to get galvanized? Yeah, or, yeah, exactly. And it's getting dip galvanized, or is it yeah, getting, it's getting dipped. Yeah, nice. so I, you can't. I mean, you. I guess you could buy like galvanized like bar and stuff, but you can't really weld on top of that. And then you'd have to like you grind to it away anyway. and you get like, yeah. you know, a disease, like some type of disease from breathing those fumes. So and then you have to hit it with like spray galve, which isn't good. Um, but I have to make it in sections cause there's like 80 feet of rail. Um, so I got to make it in sections and the bottom piece of flat bar, I'm just going to bolt together. And then the top piece, it's getting covered with a wood uh, cap rail. And so I'll just grind away some of the galvanizing, weld the top section in the field, grind it flat so the wood sits nice and flush, and then just hit it with some spray galve because it's going to be covered. Um, so that's what I'm doing with that. Those are going to be finished up soon. I've been working on those kind of in between working on the big structural job. So now I have to just get those finished up. Nice. But, that's cool. What's the... What's the turnaround time like when you get something galvanized? Like, is it is it local? I, or you I have think, to send yeah, it it's out? local. I think it was like five days, maybe probably like a business oh. week. So, not too bad. It probably depends on how busy they are too. Um, yeah, but I think it was like four or five days. They said. Yeah, because right. I've quoted a couple of like outdoor gates and stuff, and I've always thought like, oh, I'm gonna have to get this galvanized. I don't know what to yeah. do. Yeah, and Matt just goes, oh, you just send it out to the place. They dip yeah, it in a yeah. tank, and they just they just do it. You know, they charge by the um, pound. I think, mm-hmm. yeah, because yeah. they, they there is loss, right? The galvanize, it, it the galvanization goes, it runs to the material. It's a what is it, an anode and a cathode? So they have yeah. to actually like use material. Huh. Anyway, Derek, what do you got going on next week? My plan for this week: huge project, putting together my plasma table there that I got. <laughs> <laughs> for oh, your your uh, your Eastwood yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been sitting. I've been I'm sick of moving it around, and that's my plan. That box is heavy. Oh my god, what a pain in the ass! It's just I, I, I think I'm smart, and I put something in my way so I'll deal with it, and then I just trip over it for like a month. I did that. I had a big hole in the floor from where we removed the lally column. I got a bag of concrete, and I had it in front of my table saw, <laughs> and that bag was torn. Everything just oh. tripping over it, and I'm like. Why do I do this to myself, you know, and make my life miserable? But, yeah, the cot that's been sitting out there by my door, and I'm like, I have to deal with it this week. I pulled the wheels out. They're on the bench, and I got to I gotta get that together. So if I could do that this week, it'll be a good week. I heard there's a great video on how to uh, make yeah. it so that it collects the sparks. I actually it. have all the stuff to do that, yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I've seen that video. Well, I've seen that video. It's, it's funny because, like uh, – I was at over at Matt's shop maybe like a month ago and we were working on the, the, the ramp van and we had to cut some three eighths plate. And one of the guys there was like, Oh, I'll just rip it on the plasma cutter. Um, and they don't have any way to contain oh, the plasma cutting sparks. So <laughs> like it's everywhere. And I've yeah. never used mine in my shop without that collector underneath it. Yeah. So I don't even really like think about it, but like, 
It was so dangerous. They're in a motorcycle shop with like 10 motorcycles with gasoline, fumes <laughs> everywhere. And this kid is just standing in the middle of the room with just shade five glasses on, getting sunburn, just cutting three eighths plate, shooting slag and spark. I was like, oh my God, like at least go over a garbage pail or a bucket or something. It was like, yeah. it was so bad. But yeah, that thing is, that thing will really change that with the fume extractor. Yeah. It'll make it so you can actually cut plasma in your space. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. So nice. That's that. Uh, I'm not working on much this coming week. I'm I'm going away. I'm going on a, a little road trip, but it I you know, it, it's gonna be kind of like the figuring out of my work that I've been doing in my van, in my sprinter. I've been insulating and putting an exhaust fan and building this like air conditioning out of a cooler. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. I'm excited. You want to talk about my cooler AC? Yeah. So yeah. So next week I'm going to be away in Michigan. uh, But uh, yeah, so I'll talk about the cooler AC. It's been, I guess I had a really busy week this week. So I, I, Paul, let me hear what you have to say about it. I'll attack you on this thing. I want to hear it. Let's go unbelievable the thing it's just the craziest thing i've ever heard like i'm the type of guy if i'm going on vacation i gotta enjoy the vacation like i can't be getting ice coolers building you know things you know i can't be doing work like i I, it's just the craziest thing like in nowhere to like go to the bathroom you know the shower. I don't know what. I mean, this is the you're, you're like this is right up your alley. This stuff. I mean, but I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do with the air conditioner and the cooler with the ice bags of ice. You know, does it? I don't know. It, it's listen. It's a great idea. It's just insane. I mean, it's just, <laughs> well, your parents brought you up right. <laughs> I mean, it's just the craziest thing. So I, I I'll I'll give you I'll give the the listeners some background. So I've done I've done two other road trips. The first one was forty five days in an SUV where we tent camped every day for forty five days in different places. We never stayed in the same place twice. That's crazy. And that was that was tough. Um, oh oh, was it tough? That, that sounds easy tough. to me. And Jeez. then the right. next one I did was when I got the Sprinter, and it was it was thirty days, but we went almost eleven thousand miles in thirty days. So that's oh like three hundred miles a day average. Which for just for for those who are wondering, it is two hundred and twenty miles from here to Boston, and that takes four hours. So you're talking you did like three hundred miles a day. We averaged. That's that. I crazy. Did, the, the last day I drove from South Carolina straight home. It was like 15 hours. Wow. Um, so, so I've done the van trips multiple times, and this is by far the best setup I've ever had. The last van trip, <laughs> there was nowhere. There was just a bed in the van. This time I got the bed. I insulated the entire van. I put yeah. an exhaust fan in. I got uh, it's the four season and, and, and I got a toilet in the van. <laughs> He's got the Ritz Carlton of vans. I got a toilet in the van. I have like a camping a toilet. toilet that flushes. I was just about to say, can you get one of those toilets that hook up to the trailer hitch with the toilet seat hanging off the toilet, uh, the trailer hitch? Oh god! <laughs> like they have on the side of a boat. No, uh, so I actually have, have oh, like, a, like a I have a camp toilet that has like a separate like uh, clear water and like gray water tank, and this is like a number one only toilet. Yeah, clearly. you're not dropping deuces um, but, in this toilet. 
but you drop like a little tablet in it and it smells like lavender so the van actually smells good every time it gets open and you know you do you you, you don't have to pull over to pee jeff fader goes he sees the van he goes van looks nice but i pee a lot and i (laughs) I go don't worry i got you but (laughs) you just got a hole in the the floor with a little tube well, PVC Listen, pipe. <laughs> I've thought about it when I uh, when I eventually wind up uh, like having to sell everything and live outside my shop. Uh, I'm going to be sleeping in the van. But uh, so the 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 cooler AC thing was just because like right now it's just the the ace the the insulation and the exhaust fan will only cool the van down to whatever temperature it is outside. So like sometimes it's like 75 degrees at night here so it's hot it's not comfortable yeah. so i like i was like oh you know like i'll run the van all night uh that's fine but it's actually really bad to run that type of diesel motor all night it clogs uh, up i guess the uh the, idle the or something df yeah so anyway i started looking into these like cooler air conditioners and obviously like i started to build one and it d- didn't work out good so instead of me <laughs> giving up I was like, I'm gonna make this thing. I was like, gonna make this thing great. So I went from a cooler. I was I was gonna. I went from a cooler with ice and a fan blowing in and a hole, just like basically <laughs> air goes in, gets cooled <laughs> down, comes out. thing. But but uh, they work. But now I, I've, yeah, got, I've guess, got a yeah. fan. I've got a radiator that I bought on Amazon. I've got a USB powered pond pump pumping the ice water i've got it double insulated this uh, thing is this is the cadillac of homemade air conditioners igloo ice cooler you know See, the best part is if the van breaks down he can strip the cooler to fix the van yeah he's got that's the right van i got the, the radiator but honestly i i at first i was like all right this will be like a cool little video but it was just going to be the same video that everyone else has made because it was uh-huh. essentially the same design that everyone else has done now since it didn't work i've come up with my own design and honestly like this thing will blow out cold air uh, your thing makes sense hours. with it the radiator works, yeah it works like, that makes so sense. good these other idiots just took a pile of ice and blew a fan on it so, yeah, well, that's could, like essentially, but but what people I guess, do is, right? The radiator makes total sense. Yeah, what the other method, like it'll work for two to three hours. Oh, I, I need see. it to work for ten hours. But did it really so cool guys it do, down with the with just yeah. the ice? Really? Yeah, that's yeah. Well, me. I mean, because all it is is just it's air rushing over, like you know, it's evaporation, cold. right? Yeah, yeah, evaporation exactly. is what causes the cooling. Yeah, exactly. But what people tell you is they're like, oh, well, you know, bags of ice don't work well, so. Um, go out and freeze. This is the best. People what? are like, oh, get a big clear <laughs> plastic jug, put it in your freezer and freeze it so you make a it's, giant it's solid block of ice. I'm like, who? It's just too much. First of all, like, oh, so let me take all the stuff out of my freezer to freeze yeah. this block of ice. Um, so, <laughs> But I needed to build it in a way that it could work just going to gas stations and getting bags of ice. So that was like the design challenge. So anyway, it was fun. And after it actually worked, it felt really good to have like basically come up with my own design that I, and I've gone all over the internet looking. I haven't found another design that just relies on like bags of ice from the gas station or from the store. So I actually feel like I've done something to benefit society with this one. 
Do you get crazy making stuff sometimes? Like, you know, like, this is stupid, like crazy, and I'm just keeping going with it. Like, yep. you know, yep. I would do that, like, with kids' projects and stuff. Be like, this is, like, so <laughs> over the top. Like, the teacher's going to know I made this, but I'm like, <sighs> I'm, ru- I'm running with this still. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not going to stop. Yeah, like the uh, science fair projects and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, my kids had the best projects in school. Yeah, I, I used to do that when I was in art school. I'd be like, I like, I would have a design intent, and it wouldn't even get close. But I just wouldn't be able to stop. Like it had to be, yeah, like it had to be over the top. But that's how I got with this thing. I was like, there's got to be a way for this to work. Like I kept telling myself, like there's no way I can't just make this work for eight hours. Like it's not that long. Like I got to five hours, and I was like, all right, if I can get here, I can make it work. So, yeah. so it's one uh, one bag of ice, and it gets you eight hours. No, it's three, it's three bags of that's ice. That's not bad, though. That's pretty good. But, dude, and it blows out air that's like 58 And degrees. it really cools the van that much, huh? Wow. Yeah, because the van, being that I insulated it, yeah. it, it just holds that air. And then in the, in an enclosed space like that, the, the biggest problem is that you're, you're taking hot air and you're blowing it on the cold radiator. And then in yeah. turn, it's making the water warmer. But if you can cool the space and it'll recirculate the cold air... It just mm. works more and more efficiently. So like oh, in I my see. shop, the last time I tried it with two bags of ice, I got five and a half hours out of it. But it was also like 76 degrees in the shop and it was blowing in a thousand square feet. You know, like the yeah. van is, is tight. So anyway, it's just been like this funny like conversation between me and my girlfriend too because she's like, you know, hey, like I just, you know, I just have – she has this kind of anxiety that we're going to get to a campsite. We're going to drive all day. Then we're going to go to bed. It's going to be like 75 degrees. We're just going to be so uncomfortable. And I don't blame her. Like, that sucks. So I've been just determined to win this battle between, like, me and the bags of ice. Uh, and I feel like I won. So, Are you going to do any experiments with it, like, to see how, like, like, on a hot day, see if it will cool your van down at all or anything like that? Like Yeah, so cool what I – yeah, what I did today actually was like I let it run all night last night. I didn't spend the night in the van. I just turned it on in the driveway and just left. This yeah. morning uh, when I got up, like eight, about eight hours later, it was still going. It was still cold. And then wow. I just I just turned the system off and I left the van. And then a couple hours later, my van was sitting in the sun. It was like like over 100 degrees inside the van. I just turned it back on just to see if it would work. And it actually kept working at like 62 degrees, which mm. means that – like wow. the, the standard way that people do these, you leave a gaping hole in the top of the cooler. So it, the cooler isn't a cooler anymore. It's just a bucket. So mm-hmm. like once you cut that hole in it, if you leave ice in there in your car all day, it's just going to get hot. So the way that I built the plenum, it actually still works as a cooler. And it remained like the, the radiator was running at 40 degrees today after sitting in the car for like hours in the sun after running all night. Wow. So – I feel like it's, you know, it's like, and the other thing that everyone told me, which worked really well, was adding salt to the water made a oh, huge yeah. difference, which I never thought of. Um, but like, and, and someone explained the principle to me was that, you know, the salt just allows the water to stay cooler longer. So now it, really all I need is three bags of ice and like some salt. And I have an air conditioner that runs off batteries, you know? So it's definitely Pretty been cool. a lot of work Same. and obviously it cost me some money. But, you know, if it if it makes, you know, sleeping in my like little RV more comfortable, you know, it's better than buying a five thousand dollar AC unit for the roof. 
And what would that run right, off of anyways? Nice. An AC unit, like just a battery in the van? Do you have to buy a separate battery? Because you, you don't want to run the Gener- motor, right? Generator so, or something, I would think. So, so you need like you a generator? to run off a of shore power, so you'd have to hook up like an RV, like with an extension cord. Or if uh, you were out in the woods, you'd have to have a battery bank that had enough power to run it. Or they make like diesel-powered ones. But it's really like it's, so much. no good way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The only one that I've seen that was actually like very low power consuming, you need to have a water tank in your vehicle for it to pull water from because it's water cooled. So it's it's an evaporative one. Exactly. And it only runs like it it draws three amps. So it's really, really low power. So you can run it off of, you know, solar. But like you're doing all this work, you know, you're buying a multi thousand dollar unit. Like this unit that I built, like, yeah, it cost me like, I don't know. It cost me maybe 150 bucks, and then obviously you got to buy ice. But when I'm done with it, it literally just like goes in my basement until the next time I want to go camping in the summer. You know, it's um, actually pretty cool. I know I'm you know messing with you, but the way you did it with the radiator, and I didn't realize how how well it actually worked. That's pretty cool. Like. Yeah, you'll it's see. Cool Dude, I'm works. telling you, if you had one of these next to you while you were working in your shop on a summer day, it's nice. I had really? mine just blowing on me in the shop the other day because you're getting wow. 50 degree air blowing on yeah. you. It just like cools down your little little bubble. Um, don't worry, I'll build you one for your. Birthday. I need one. I mean, you could make it out of a, a dumpster. One of those big ass fans in a in a garbage dumpster. Maybe you could make one to cool my shop down because this. This freaking greenhouse that I'm in is yeah. uh, my basement. Degrees. Dying. You got to get some fans yeah. down there. It's hot in your basement, Derek. Yeah, it's been nice oh, and cool, really? but it's been so humid. I had the dehumidifier on the other night, oh. so it made it so hot down here. Now it's just hot, but yeah, that's why I yeah. got fans going everywhere. But I need exhaust yeah, fans. You, you could put a little uh, a little portable unit in your basement, Derek. It would probably do a yeah, lot. Yeah, I'm thinking of putting an air conditioner on the window. Just get the I got one right here in my little office. One of the ones, you know, the ones, the ones with the tube. We stick the tube yeah. like out the window. It's yeah. right. it, it cools the office down pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. There's an AC in the window in my in the machine shop in my in my shop, and it's looks like it's been there for about thirty years. And when I rented <laughs> the space, the woman was like, "Oh yeah, like I'm even gonna leave you the AC. It works great." I'm like, "I will absolutely die if I turn that on and breathe whatever the hell comes crawling out of it." So <laughs> yeah, the AC fits in there. I try not to spoil myself in my shop. I just let it. I just like to sweat and just. I just care myself. more about the moisture, like on the machines and stuff. I That's just care all. more about the. I just care more about the freaking bill. I just don't yeah. need <laughs> another electrical expense. Because yeah. my shop's like three hundred a month to heat in the winter. Oh, I don't wow. need a three hundred dollar a month uh, yeah. electrical bill because. And then I get every jackass in the world that comes into my shop leaves the door open because apparently no one knows how to close a door. So I'd be real crazy uh, making sure everybody shut the door behind them. Just give the air conditioner to Lewis. He uses those. Oh, God. <laughs> Young Lewis. Anyway, what are you guys watching on YouTube this week? Oh, no. Nothing? Uh, Paul's not watching anything. I haven't I'm watched like, it not. yet. But have you guys ever watched the guy Farmcraft 101? No. You ever yes. seen that guy? He's pretty wild. He's uh, – I just – I haven't watched it yet, but I had seen like a month ago he was making this like what do they call it a torus there those round things with like segments like those are cool. Yeah, he didn't say what it was for, but like 
couple months ago, he had made a lock cylinder out of wood, like a life size, like huge one. Oh, wow. And he combined the two, and I just seen on, on YouTube, I even watched the video, he made a big padlock, and it's like all just like the Taurus is like the shackle pot or whatever. And uh, But he does some pretty cool videos. He I had never seen the guy's stuff, and I started watching it when he was doing, um, he was trying to make a cannon, a brass cannon. And this guy just like, you want to talk about failures, he would just fail miserably, like almost burn his house down, kill oh himself, and, and he'd start over again. Oh I'm like, dude, I would have gave up so long ago, but he was he succeeded in the end. But like he was doing like the sand cast and the sand would collapse and he'd have to separate the brass out of the sand. And just like he made like little test pieces to see how strong it was and he did an unbelievable job. It's pretty cool. So it's Farmcraft 101. But give that guy a watch. Yeah, if he's still alive. Yeah, yeah, he should be. <laughs> oh, my uh, God. Paul, you got anything? Honestly, this week has been, you know, a disaster. I literally haven't watched any YouTube videos. There's, I don't even know if I should say this. There's one thing I saw on TikTok. Uh-oh. This free, This Italian lady on TikTok. She calls herself the, the pasta queen. She's yes. the most. You know the pasta queen? Do you know no, her? Or no, I just oh, love the name. She's so Italian. She's like straight from Rome. She almost looks a little bit like Sofia Vergara, like the Italian version of her. And she, it's the funniest thing ever. She's making like the the pastas like are beautiful. But she's so funny, and like everything she makes, she's after she finishes it, she's like just gorgeous she says and then she says and then instead of what does she say she says a sc- it's every single video she says a pinch of salt and a scrunch of pepper a scrunch <laughs> and i said a scrunch i said i showed my mom mom what's a scrunch of pepper i don't know that's what i've been watching that's the best i could give you the pasta queen on uh, on tiktok you know oh, as tiktok as tiktok stealing all my information and giving it to the chinese government you hear about that perfect <laughs> yes, I did. I I, uh, I I heard about that, and you just found the name. Another Paul Pinto name on the podcast is this episode. It will be called the Pasta Queen. Oh no! Um, what, I, what I've been watching. What I've been watching. I'm going to shout out my man Franken Cooler. Okay. Oh my god! Franken Cooler. All right. Channels my dedicated man, to this. My man Franken Cooler <laughs> took. Essentially, like he he inspired me to use the radiators, but this my man has gone to the extreme with his. Sound like Spike ATs. every time you say my man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, no one knows what my we're talking man, about. My man has gone to the my absolute man. extremes with his Franken coolers to the point where he's got a website where he set he makes oh them my and sells god. them. I need to he's got right plans. Now. He's got he's got modified like he buys fans and modifies them it's so they just run too the much. This man he lives in Arizona and he only runs his like outside next to his pool. So his have to work so good because he's literally just like putting scorching hot air in. But he has figured out uh, how to. I'm on frankencooler.com. I'm gonna. You know, this is just ridiculous that I'm even. He's got little emblems that he screwed to his cooler, like a little name tag with his name yes, on it. Screwed he to has nameplates on his cooler, and he and not only that, but he also uses like the knockoff Chinese Ryobi batteries. I'm just like, looking on, at dude. that. The Ryobi Fuzi- batteries Fuzi- are Del? cheap enough, dude. Yeah, yeah the, the Fuzadel. That's like Fuzadel little... if you're Italian. <laughs> 
Let's get, I mean, this is crazy that I'm even on this. You could buy things on here. What can you buy? Built coolers. You could buy a cooler. How much is he selling them for? I don't think he has any. $544? This guy's selling a cooler for? I mean, I could just buy a cooler and cut a hole in it with a hole saw and throw some ice in there. What is this guy doing? Is it, an, is it at least a, 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 whatchamacallit, a Yeti cooler? He claims that he has figured this. out the most efficient. So he, the way he does his, just not to spend any more time talking about no, this is we need coolers. To. We need but to. he has, the way he did his was he's got a radiator on the input and both of the outputs. Uh, so he's got three radiators inside his cooler. Um, but uh, yeah, he's got he's got it all. He, he claims that he sells some uh, water-resistant galvanized marine blower and he writes on it in the description available nowhere else so apparently he is the <laughs> only guy the distributor of these in the, in the world he is the single only distributor of these ultra mega marine blowers but all but but all jokes aside he really did spend time to develop like this thing and uh his he's got a youtube channel he's really he, he's got one video with four hundred twenty thousand views and then a bunch of them that it really just didn't strike with the audience. Yeah. But regardless, uh, he inspired <laughs> me. Strike? They didn't strike, but the Franken Cooler. Shout out to Franken Cooler. Uh, you know my my friend from the internet that I've never actually met or spoken to. This is unreal. It's so, amazing these people exist. Yeah, and they're thriving. He's got the compact blow box component package. I love okay. it. Okay, I love it. So, anyway, on. that about does it for this week's episode. What'd you say? I said there's somebody for everybody on YouTube. That's right. Yeah. I, found my, I found my match in Franken Cooler. So that about does it for this week's episode, episode number seven. Thank you guys for sticking by us. Uh, don't forget to check out the other shows on The Makery. There has been some great episodes popping up of the other uh, the other podcast. Is there a new podcast too? On the makery? Yeah. Uh, that's a good question. Does anyone know? I uh, I'll I have know. to look into it. You'll uh, have to look into it. You'll have to go on uh, the the makery uh, podcast network, and you'll have to see what the new podcast is. Um, we've got, you know, you've you've got good stuff here on the makery. You've got the full blast. You've got Knife Talk, you've got Overseasoned, you've got the Podcasters Podcast, you've got Simple Little Life, you've got Work For It, oh, and you've got, this is the new one, The uh, Art of Craftsmanship is a new podcast over here on the Makery. So anyway, they, uh, they, they've got some great episodes, some great content, and the Ben Snur episode of the Full Blast Podcast, I just started to listen to. Oh, I need to listen to that. I cannot wait to, uh, to hear the rest of it, but... Anyway, thank you guys for being here uh, and episode seven. Follow us on Instagram at The Handmade Podcast. Signing off. I'm Derek from Malden. Thank Derek, you. Paul. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what a mess this is. I, I, I haven't been on my A game these past couple of podcasts, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm well, like, anyways, Derek from Alden, Paul Pinto from Fairfield Steelworks. I'm Chris Zepp from Make Everything. Frankencoolers.com. <laughs> Chris Zepp from Frankencoolers.com. Thank you for listening. We will see you not next week because I'll be away, but the following week. So goodbye. Thank you.
I need Derek to say thank you. Just say the thank you. I you did. Say I it. did. I did twice. I did yeah. twice. Did you say it's, it twice? People are like, yeah. why is Derek saying yeah. thank you so much? It, right. it showed Signing up. Signing off. Thing. Thanks, guys. Thank you. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen. On sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.